You're listening to Curated Consciously, your all-in-one platform for navigating and nurturing your conscious living journey. Why? Because diving into environmental justice comes with heartache and a lot of damn work. We gotta do it, but as a community, we can make the load a little lighter. Every week, we're bringing you stories, insight, and wisdom from a diverse community of leaders, activists, and influencers, helping you live a more holistic lifestyle that connects your health, wellness, and love for Mama Earth. This podcast is sponsored by Cause Artists, the world's number one platform for social impact and innovation stories around the world. If you're looking to get inspired, hit us up at causeartists.com. And of course, I'm your host, Jasmine Ray, curator-in-chief at Curated Consciously and social entrepreneur. You can connect with me and our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation, Curated Consciously. Where was the first place you traveled outside of Mexico? Oh, I guess the U.S. Well, the experience itself, I do remember um, it being fun. If it was that Disneyland one that I recall, <laughs> the only thing I can remember is um, it's Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> so it was potentially really fun. Uh, although I, I don't, I don't think that was it because that trip was with my with my aunt and uncle. Um, and I don't know that they're allowed to take kids abroad. <laughs> so I don't really know. Uh, but I do remember, like, for whatever reason, um, since I was really, really young, my, my parents would just, like, send me abroad during summers. Um, and a lot of the abroad was the States because it's just right here. And I do remember going to, like, summer camp uh, somewhere in Nashville, Tennessee. And I would be sent alone on, on, on the plane. And I'd be, I don't know, at the, maybe seven or eight. And I remember this, like, um, stress around it when I was just like, I, I mean, I was fine. But, like, do, I do remember my adult parents or my my um, family who, were, who would be receiving me. just like, being really stressed about me crossing migration and, you know, being, like, unaccompanied, unaccompanied, unaccompanied. Sin compañía. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and I do remember also it being like a whole thing to be able to cross the the you know migration often. So you would go with an adult, and that adult would have to just like give out hypers, and they would ask questions, and I'd be just like this little happy little bouncy kid, just feeling like, all right, I'm here now, because I've always been. I don't know, just like yeah, bouncy maybe. Um, but I do recall that stress of being like, hey, if they ask questions, just like say, tell the truth, blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, why would I lie, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But n- now I see it. I'm like, of course, there's like this child traveling on a plane alone, just like being what received by by other group of adults for a month to spend summer. So that, I guess it would be weird. So I do remember that stress, like just perceiving the, st- the stress of my adult um fellows <laughs> um for me though it was all right uh it was just exciting so i guess now you know as an adult woman what is that experience like crossing into the border of the u.s hey 
Well, uh, it's a total, uh, it's whole thing. Yeah, I um, so I, I avoided traveling into the U.S. for the longest. Well, a few years ago, I decided I'm not going there anymore, and then that changed, of course. But it's just this experience of knowing that you have to prove yourself like you say you're worth entering that place and for me it's one of the worst things that i mean not the worst things but it's super super stressful just to fucking cross the border um because you have to like say be up straight you know like like stand up right and don't stare in their eyes for too long and i do remember this one time i was um traveling into the i think that's when it started my my whole stressing experience I was about 14 maybe and my dad used to send me to Colorado a lot just for summers because we had people there just friends and I would just go there for cycling or for whatever for the summer because Mexican school summers are like super long at the the summer break Um, and I remember having my backpack on me and when I get to the to the officer which is just like this cabin or it's not cabin it's just well you know what it's like there are tiny offices and I just like leaned on it because I was so tired from the trip. And, and so I put my arms in it and he's, he just like sweeps them off with his hand. He's just like, no, 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 stand up straight or something like that. And I felt like, so, oh, and I was like, I'm just tired. This is really heavy. And he was just like, you did not touch this. And like, he, he started just like really raising his voice. And I was like young, I remember. And I was like, oh, that was the first time I felt like super self-conscious about not being like very similar looking to the rest of my peers or in at the airport um and i was like oh wow so I, I had to like stand up there and not not being able to touch my backpack because he would be like do not put your hands there and i'm like oh shit and, and i mean my my backpack strings right so then he started just like interviewing me and what you're doing here and i was like well i come here with friends like every summer i just go cycling whatever and why do you speak english and that question I've gotten every single time since then. And I travel a lot for whatever reason. But I always get the, why do you speak English? My brain, of course, goes to, why don't you speak Spanish? <laughs> right? <laughs> or <laughs> or, or like, any oh. other language. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, because you all colonize us, you fuckers. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Like, you're not no really- big deal. That's why I speak English. But anyway, you made it. Um, so anyway, ever since then, it's it's always been like a different experience, but a very stressful one. It's just like, okay, you need to act really calmly, regardless of how they talk to you. Like, for the most part, they don't look at you, right? It's really disregarding. Like, they just like take a glance and then they compare your photo to the past, but I mean, your face to the passport photo. And for the most part, those, those photos are hideous, right? So they're just like making faces, and um, <laughs> and it's just like, what are you doing here? And why are you here? And I mean, you just security questions, and mostly with a sneer. And um, the I think that my experience with that is not is not really just like how they interview you, and I quote unquote, you know, because that's not an interview. That's just a fucking verbal harassment in my opinion um my worst bit of like crossing the borders is out of i mean eight out of ten times i get sent to the little room every time right like yes i always get sent to the little room um and there's always like no no real reason right it's just like 
hey, random chick. <laughs> and I'm like, random my ass. Yeah, um, right? And I've been doing this since I was like, well, I just told you, like four was the first time I, I recall entering the States. And I know never overstayed because why would I ever want to stay there? Um, but it's been that, right? Like I used to go back and forth every summer um, and I always ended up in the little room, right? And the little room is usually just like filled with people like either immigrants or people who look drunk or someone who's been accused of something. And it's always this weird experience of like, I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave this onto the right side, like saying into the States or I'm going to get deported. So, and for the most part, I'm pretty chill. So I'm just like, all right, I just like, I'm not lying. So I'll be fine. Uh, so I, I keep my calm. Um, but it's always this like unsettling feeling of uh, like, fuck, like now what? Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of how it is for me now. It's, you know, as someone with a Canadian passport, I've never, um, I've never just acknowledged how, well, I mean, I've acknowledged it now more recently than ever, but, you know, just constantly traveling and la, 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 and doing whatever I want, you know, you, you don't really stop and think like, hey, like, I was, I'm very privileged to have this Canadian passport that allows me to go almost anywhere. Like, I think a Canadian passport is like one of the top five, like, best passports to have in the world. It's a good passport. <laughs> and but it's interesting because still you know uh as someone with a canadian passport i look uh, i'm you know i'm a mixed race woman i look different so sometimes i you know mm -hmm. I, i've definitely uh definitely not eight out of ten times i get like questioned but or like you know put it go through like the separate security line but i would say like 50 percent. like i'd say five out of ten times um and i never really thought too much of it until um you know I started realizing, like, I would, you know, I would start becoming a lot more aware of, like, okay, okay, who's on this plane? How many people are, you know, like, people of color? Um, and how many of them are going straight through security or through immigration? And how many of us are being, like, questioned? And it made me realize that I'm like, okay, there is, yes, there is definitely, definitely segregation happening within the airport. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, and I feel like it's something that we've all just become so used to, um, you yeah. know, especially with the U.S., like dealing with like TSA and stuff like that makes me want to like smash my head into a wall. But why do we just let it slide? Why do we let it slide? Why do we not do anything more to make airport spaces, to make immigration uh, this not a miserable experience for people who are different looking or people of color or have a passport to a place where there's a stereotype around possibly a large community of people from that country, you know, going to the U.S. or going to Canada. When in, in, in reality, it's like, well, we have to think about also why these communities are trying to get to these countries in the first place, you know? And I'm curious. <sighs> Yeah, hundred percent. So if you think, <laughs> I, I just woke up. Yeah, that's now, for that's real. <laughs> for real, I'm, I'm up. I literally woke up. What time is it in Mexico right now? It is six a.m. Six something a.m. Maybe Yay. six fifteen. Um, all right. So a few things on that. Uh, first off, 
so to your question, like, why don't we do something about that? Uh, why didn't do we anything about anything? Right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't, like, this might just, like, um, take us on a tangent. <laughs> okay, I love it. Why don't we do anything about, excellent, because I do too, which is maybe why we're friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we don't really do anything about anything until it's just like so critical that, that something needs to be done, right? So climate change, racial injustice, gender injustice, um, even just like freaking food justice, right? Like we don't do anything. And so like, I think we just normalize things. We just normalize violence and, and, and inequality. I don't really know that that's the word in English, uh, but it's so normal for everyone to just be okay-ish with things because we're just like fucking running on a society and this is a global society that is like run by fear right so if you stand up for something potentially and at least in my country and my neighbors right here the u.s if you do something about it or try and raise your voice or act on it then you get um uh well they disappear us here in mexico right uh you, you can be gone you'll be gone in seconds they won't ever see you again. Or in the States, you'll get, um, you know, brutalized by the cops, you know, or at the airport, hey, you raise your voice and it's happened to me, right? You raise your voice and you will get the, hey, back off or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, well, hold on. Like, I'm not, I'm not a threat here. But then you have to start acting like you're not a threat, which makes you suspicious. By virtue of just being like, oh, hold on, I'm calm, I'm calm. It makes you suspicious right away. So people are just staring. And by people, I mean security people and like everyone else. And then there's suddenly people with their hands on their belts with, you know, the taser, 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 whatever that is. Um, or, um, so it's just like, why don't we do anything? Because it's really scary to do things also because we are so used to being told what we are supposed to be done and how we are to behave. And we just don't, we haven't, I don't think as a society acknowledged that we do have the power, right, to change things, that we can stand up for things. And that if we do, we are granting someone else permission to do the same. And that is just like a ripple effect. And if we grant each other permission enough, eventually we have, we'll have movements as strong as what's happening right now in the, in the States, right? And even so, with the strength of what's happening in the States right now, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to Black Lives Matter, um, Still, people are <laughs> are not fully joining, right? And they are being brutalized. And it is just like trying to be tamed, right? So I think that's why we're going to do something. Then the next thing I was going to say was, um, wait, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> I, I was going to say something because I got all fired up. <laughs> that's what and happened I with tangents. Remember. <laughs> yes. That's what happens with, with tangents. What was your question? <laughs> I love you to death. Um, oh, oh, no, wait, a passport privilege. You were talking about passport privileges um, before that. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, like, yeah, we also don't see, like, why can we make these this places, like, good <laughs> or secure for everyone to be there? Oh, I remember what I was going to say. You said something about for people who look different and for people of color. I think th those were your words, mm -hmm. um, potentially. Mm -hmm. And for me, and it's always been that, and maybe it's because of translation, maybe it's because of, of, I don't know, my own background, but just the fact that we have to refer to each other as different, 
like they look different. They they are of color. That that concept of, of color for me has always been so conflicting because I'm like, what color? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That is a social construct, right? Um, because they decided to start naming the colors because you are either white or you're something else. You are either a white male or you look different. You are either skinny and and like hot or you're something different. So we start like um, like placing categories or, or naming things, right? And starting, we start creating all of this like um, constructs. Really, it's a social construct. If you do not fit in this category, like this certain looks, then you are different. You are of that color. You are of that race. So we dehumanize each other. That's my opinion. Uh, and it's just like, of course, like once you associate yourself or identify with this social construct of, hey, I'm not white. I am. I look different, which is what happened to me when I was really young. I was like, oh, hold on. Okay, why aren't they screaming at them? <laughs> they are screaming at me here at the airport. And I'm a 16-year-old girl with a backpack who just wants to fucking go skiing. <laughs> um and I'm being screamed at and I'm being put in this room or I'm having this random check-ins at this like fucking air cabin that blows all over you <laughs> and I'm like hold on why and I would notice the same thing that you just did it's like who's in this airport right and then you start noticing okay so the ones that are being pulled into the room are the ones that definitely look different to them we do not look white right but we also don't look criminal but then I started like like putting those two together. It's like, ah, wait. And that is something that I did not um, realize till recently, a, a few years ago maybe. And I'm 33, so it took me a while. Uh, that I had internalized that being brown was um, equal to being criminal, to looking criminal. Because we oh, get socialized with that. Yeah. And, and that happened to me. And I'll tell you about the, the concept of Mexican in a second. But... It took me a while to get there when I was like, ah, okay, it is because of my color. It is because of my um, accent. It is because of my, my uh, I don't know, the way I dress or my passport in this case, right? Because immediately, the second they see Mexican passport, and this is not for all countries. Just let me just disclose that right away. Like most countries really, really like us. <laughs> it's for fun. But anyway, um, <laughs> but the whitest, <laughs> the, the, the whitest of countries, if I may say, like say whenever I, I went to England for school for a while and they wouldn't let me in because of, because of my passport. And I was like, but I'm, I'm studying here. Like I have all the paperwork and stuff. And my, my family like a lot of my mom's family comes from there or are from there right and and I'm like this is ridiculous like anyway they they ended up ended up just like asking the same question which was I think one of the times when I was like mostly shocked because they were like why do you speak English and I'm like I'm in the fucking British colony <laughs> because you've, you, you've taken over the world like this is why because there's no other way to communicate with anyone in the planet like I mean this is exaggerated right if it's not in your own language, so we, we we speak it, right? And if we master it also, because like I don't know, I, I enjoy languages. That's why I uh, like speaking in it. But the, the the truth, honest about it, is because we were colonized, and we were colonized by the Spanish. I know that, uh, which is why we we speak Spanish. But anyway, English has its own history, right? And now with the Americans and all the things. Um. So anyway, going back to looking different, 
once you you realize that you've been socialized to, to um define yourself as less than because of where you come from and what you look like, then it's really difficult, very fucking difficult to actually do something about it, say at an airport, because there you're just trying to survive and be as little notice as you can. As you can. And that happens to me every single time I enter an airport, especially when going into the States uh, or crossing the border. Um, I try to be really unnoticed. I try to behave myself. I've been taught to, you know, be quiet. We're Mexican. We're quite loud. Uh, I try to dress myself. That was something that I was taught when I was really, really young. It's just like, hey, you need to be like really well dressed when you're traveling. Dude, I'm a backpacker. Sometimes I don't shower. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I feel you on that. <laughs> right? And there I was, you know, my, myself, my 15-year-old my, my self, um, like really, really putting on my best, right? Being all fucking uncomfortable, bloated on the plane because I had to look like really, really um, decent for them in order not to call attention or be like, oh, this filthy Mexican, potentially criminal who's just going to overstay and steal our jobs. Like, fuck that. Right? So, there you go. I think that's why I wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, just that end, that end sentence, which was so, like, heartbreaking. Like, oh, Mexicans coming in and going to steal our jobs. It's like, why has that now become something associated with every person of color coming into North America? And, like, we can't just say the U.S. anymore. Canada's like the, the the racism, the prejudice that we see in Canada, like people think mm. that it doesn't happen, but I think it's just because it's it's silenced way more than in the U.S. Uh, but it's mm. happening. It is very very evident. And you know, I'm curious when it comes to being part of a community, a, a cultural community that has such a such a I don't even, what do I, how do I want to, what adjective do I want to use for this? Like, bubbles. Yeah, and yeah, why, okay, why is, why are Americans living in the bubble? Why are they, like, not letting, why do they think it's okay to continually push out people of color? Why do they not connect more deeply with, you know, what's happening around the world? Like, for example, like, I know this, again, this could be, like, a tangent, thinking about what was happening in Ecuador recently and like the fact that there is still hundreds, possibly thousands of people still migrating across Ecuador, up going through Mexico to get to the US borders and are having to camp out on the end of those borders and are, their lives are in danger. They have, they're lacking opportunity. Their, their, their families don't have food or shelter and they're just trying to find a better they're just trying to give their family a better life. Why can not everyone connect to that story? How come we have dehumanized, and this is a word that you use that's actually vocabulary, like why are we dehumanizing people of color when in reality we are all we're all part of the human race and we all deserve food on our plate and a roof over our head? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and address a few things that you just said, because I think they're incredibly important. Uh, but I'll, I'll start with the last bit, the humanizing. Um, this is going to be like a really rough, potentially, analogy and hard to hear. Uh, but I think this is how my brain understands it. 
you know how, uh, if you're not a vegetarian, <laughs> how instead of calling your meat um, pig meat, you call it pork. When you eat uh, sausages, it's pork. At least English, it is not pig. You're not eating a steak of pig, a pig, right? Or you're not eating cow. You're eating what is it? you're eating beef, right? Um, I think with language, and I am like, a, you know, I am such a geek for language and and how the brain works and, and just like verbalizing things and and how they just like come out into the world from your brains into you know like. Uh, yeah, in, in, into concepts. Um, when we change a word for something, our brain immediately creates a new association or dissociates from something, right? So when we call our food pork instead of pig, we remove the animal element from it. We remove the potential living being from it, uh, so that we can dissociate enough from the, the, the experience of that creature and then eat it because now it is pork, yeah? The same with, with uh, beef. It is beef. It's no longer a cow because cows are adorable and no one wants to, you know, you beat a, a, a freaking cow and then eat it. Um, we call it beef. So now we are okay eating it. The same happens in, and I don't really know all the languages, but a lot of it happens in, in Spanish too. Like instead of having Ivaca, we now have a res, right? And you know from very, very, very young age that res you eat with vaca, it's just, mm, that's a farm animal. That's fun. This is how we learn sounds and colors, right? So the second we remove the empathy or the emotion from something, then our brains are like, okay. This is how Nazis work too. Uh, and there's like so many books just like studying it. There's this, um, I, I forget the name, but you know, this doctor psychologist that was, fuck, what's his name? Becoming superhuman? No. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll remember the name. Um, he was just like analyzing the, the soldiers and he was like, how, I, I have seen them playing with their kids outside on the field and laughing and loving their wives and hugging each other. Why, when they come to the concentration camps, are they so brutal and so, you know, disconnected from the human experience? And he finally figured out, he's like, ah, of course, we have now been removed from the concept of humans that they have constructed for themselves so that they can now treat us like a nothing. And since they don't have this, this connection, this empathy with who is human, uh, I mean, who's human here, then they can just like beat the shit out of us, right? Because we're no longer in their radar of who's unequal to them. And that is both fascinating because of, of the brain and fucking terrifying because that's how easily we can dissociate from somebody. So easily. So when we're talking about the, the caravanas, uh, that's the... the Mm, what is it? The I don't know. Caravanas is it's just the group of people walking from down south into the borders. Um, right. Caravans, maybe. Um, of course, we dissociate. Well, not here a lot, but yes, also here. Like we also suffer from racism here in Mexico and classism. But anyway, when you have already decided that humans are worthy of living a good life, humans are only the ones who look like you, only the ones who speak English, only the ones that are white, 
only ones that come from Europe, um, then of course you'll dissociate from the, that experience. Of course you're like, well, there's only this other black uh, little dude who died. Oh, there's only this, this, because even just like saying that, and it wasn't until like recently that I've experienced in language that people started referring to other, to, to, to people as white people. It wasn't until recently that I was only hearing like, hey, brown people or black people or people of color. I would never hear white people. It would be people or white pe- or brown people, black people. So the labels would just go outside of whoever was white. Does that make sense? We yeah. were just labeling people who were not white. Mm-hmm. So of course we dehumanized them. We, we, we turned it into something into a thing, which it wasn't a thing. We were all human all over. Like from the very beginning, we were all human, right? But we started labeling them, everyone but the whites, right? And this is not an accusation of the whites uh, right now, but it is sort of how it started. And I've been really appalled since I was really young when people would call me, oh, you're a color. Like, what color are you? Are you fucking transparent? Like, it doesn't make sense in my brain. <laughs> but now I see it. It's just like, oh, <laughs> we, we just labeled everyone who wasn't white so when you label something say let's talk about milk now it is either regular milk which is a milk and if you say milk you just think of cow milk but now we have labeled almond milk coconut milk so we have all of these kinds of milk but they're not the milk right you know we have these kinds of human but they're not our norm our you know to pure race so i think in my opinion i'm no expert i'm i'm just an observer of life um in my experience, this is the why we can just like, oh, bugger. <laughs> Another group of people died in the desert trying to come into the States. And they are just like, it's okay, because they're just like fucking trying to get our jobs. And we're not going to let that happen, right? No. But what about coming down here to 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 Latin America and just like fucking um, taking all of our lands, right? What about the mining system? Like, what about Canadians? Like owning 70% of the, the the silver mining, I don't know if it's only silver, but mining industry here in Mexico, 70% is owned by Canada. 70%, that's seven zero. I had and, no idea. Oh my God, this, I had no idea. This is, mm-hmm, it is ridiculous, right? And if you go down to Peru, again, the mining companies are just like fucking extracting all the minerals from, from, from Peru and, and indigenous people there are just like, fighting for their whole for their holy lands right and guess who owns that like the majority of the mining companies in uh southern america like south america like peru and chile and even maybe maybe more down south anyway they're swiss they're chinese they're american and they're canadian yes i said switzerland so not so neutral at all hey (laughs) but when we try and come upstairs (laughs) when we try and go up into the states and be like hey like i need to get here um to make a make a living to like survive this fucking life they're like nope no 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 you're 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 invading us the fuck you're talking about with invading us you're you're taking our lands right you're taking people's resources you're underpaying tons of people and i'm just talking about latin america we're not even touching base on asia (laughs) and what happens there in southeast asia right and when people try and, and migrate into the States or Canada, people are just appalled and they're like, how dare you? they? 
like undocumented oh my god no like such criminals criminals my god look at our lands here all destroyed that is a crime and what for so that you guys the whites um sorry i'm not, just not comfortable saying colors right so so that you guys um the privileged ones and the and the first world ones which is all, also a concept that i hate first and third world but anyway can have a life with your fucking air conditioners all on all the time, which is also warming up the planet. And now you're like suffering the consequences and you're doing nothing about it, right? So that you can have all of your coals burning and all of your fucking smartphones and your awesome life and have your giant trucks and cars and, you know, crops ready being worked by brown hands. Mm -hmm. But you're not okay with people coming in here and working. And then the other thing is, wait, why are people coming here other than being, you know, kicked out of their own lands by, by um, land exploiters? Well, because you've been saying for centuries, hey, the American dream, this is the life. Or now, right now, it's Canada. And we'll talk about Canada in a second. I, I was working there for a while, legally, by the way. <laughs> in case any listener gets fired oh up. My God. <laughs> That's not okay that you should have to mention that. That is not okay. Like, the fact that that is- No, but I have to. My God, but please continue. Sorry, that was that's just heartbreaking to hear. Everything you're saying is gold. Yeah, but but I have to. <laughs> uh, speaking of mining gold, but anyway, so why do we, <laughs> why do people seek, seek out? <laughs> why do people seek out to go up north? Right. By the way, anyone listening, Mexico is North America. Stop saying, stop referring to it as Central or South America. But anyway, why do people want and migrate in there? Well, because we've been sold this idea again. We've been socialized to think that America, the, the United States of America and Canada and Europe, or at least Western Europe, are the dream, right? Are the first world. This is where you want to be. So if you live in a land where you're being constantly abused and killed and stolen your lands and, you know, all these brutalities that happen in other countries, and you're also suffering from lack of resources, natural resources, which we're fucking rich in. Like, my God, we have so many resources, but no. It's been taken somewhere else. Well, of course, you want to go there. Like, how dare you even ask? How, how do you even ask why people want to come here? Well, because, A, you're stealing all of our shit. <laughs> and, two, you're making us because there's no way to make a living down there. Monsanto's fucking killing everyone. And, by the way, let me ask you, who owns Monsanto? My, where's my stuff? So, whenever people say, why do we come here? Why do they invade us, quote-unquote? They're like, well... You're making us, you are literally the ones causing all of this violence that is making people want to leave and have to flee. It's not even I want to leave because there's a difference between the people who choose, like I have had the privilege to, um, of, of doing, choosing to go abroad and experience and whatever, versus having to, right? Flee a country. It's very fucking different. And a lot of the causes that makes us, uh, or makes people want to flee and have to fee, flee, it's because of all of this fucking system of exploiting the lands and the people. So there's your answer. People, whenever you're like, well, why do we come into the country? Well, stop fucking stealing theirs. Yeah? Jesus. Okay. There's so much to unpack there. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, I'm angry, my friends. And you are, have every right to be. Because what I'm hearing is basically there is just a huge disconnect 
uh, between, uh, God, I, I know I feel like you're on like whites and non-whites. It's like, is that how we want to divide it right now? Because I also think that that also sounds offensive because it's just like, we don't need to be like, because it's basically just saying the privilege and the non-privilege. That's basically what we're exactly. saying. The whites and the non-whites. The human and the not human. That's what I hear in my body. Yeah. The humanized and the dehumanized. And what I'm hearing is that neither side is able to provide each other with empathy because, again, we're dealing, we're looking at the privileged and the, the unprivileged. Uh, we're basically just staring at each other from across borders. We're blaming each other for various things based on either, you know, you know, issues rooted in colonization to, um, to issues with immigration to mm-hmm. uh, racism to classism uh, to uh, everything um, every, and basically every industry because obviously the agricultural industry is predominantly you know migrant mm-hmm. workers and um, you know there's obviously a disconnect to there's a huge disconnect and I mean this could be a whole other topic for another day but there's a disconnect between people and the food that they eat and they consume they have no idea where it comes from. Um, and I see that so much in India because my, I, like nobody cooks anymore. Everything is just like takeout and we're forgetting mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. reconnect with our environments and the people who actually take care of our environment so that we can have clean food on our tables, which is why yeah. I think in bringing Monsanto into the conversation is really crucial as well. So if neither side is able to be patient, understand and empathize, and I mean, to be honest, I don't think it's the job of the oppressed to have to sit there and be like, okay, here's reasons why I need to feel better about what white people are doing. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> dear white people, there's a lot of issues that need to be solved before we can get there. And that mm-hmm. includes, um, you know, checking yourself, checking your privilege. And a lot of that does mm-hmm. have to come with some passport privilege. And also the fact that uh, just, hey, newsflash, North America was also built on uh, migration, immigration, and mm-hmm. settlers coming in from Europe and around the world. So no, none of us are, most of us are not original uh, to our current destination. So let's just be mm-hmm. honest with that and look back at our the ancestors of our own lands and the indigenous communities that have actually cultivated where you know the 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 soil that we live on but what i want to know then is for our listeners who are on both sides of this privilege border let's yeah that's what we're calling it the, the privilege border what do you think needs to happen on either side for us to get anywhere because currently Everyone is pointing fingers. Um, I, I, well, definitely people of color are doing more of the work than they have to, but that's because they have had to for so many years. I mean, I'm sorry, just another tangent. I've just finished this incredible book called Freedom Farmers. And it's, it's the entire book is just about the fact that the United States of America, its entire agricultural um, industry was built on black slavery um, and 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 African Americans actually knowing how to farm um, and mm-hmm. learning from African Americans um, how to actually get shit done, uh, because most um, like plantation owners uh, didn't actually know anything about farming. And there's like these incredible stories of of African slaves that came in hiding like seeds in their hair, which led mm. to like you know, a, rev- a food revolution uh, in, in America. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, that, and that again brings me back to the fact that it's so clear that there's just such a disconnect on how our countries were built and mm -hmm. the, the, the diversity that we needed, uh, whether, you know, not even just in color, but education, cultural background, values, um, mm -hmm. spirituality. We needed that to cultivate spaces that actually allowed humanity to thrive. So, Yvonne, what do you think needs to be done on either side of this privileged border? How do we move forward in cultivating an equal future? Oh, God, it's just like we set the world <laughs> and start over, to be honest. But anyway, um, this is not a fatalism podcast. Is that, is that, why, is that why COVID-19 happened? It's like, okay, guys, we need to start over. Like, uh, get out. Honestly, I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. So I was just like, you know what? We, we are definitely just... We can't do it. Like <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't do it. Like as humans, we were just such a failure, in my opinion. But anyway, that's that's not that's not for this podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, what what should happen? I think um, so. This might actually fall short or small for for the actual things that need to happen, um, because right now we we just need like a radical change, right? And I think some of it is being done and some of it is just being so res resisted um, or there's so much resistance towards it that I just really believe that like, things need to just like, let's start over God. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think some of the things that, that, that help, or at least that, that have um, helped me was a get educated. Right. And it's not that difficult. It is really not that difficult to get educated, especially Fucking especially if you have the privileged passport. My God, you have so much access to everything. Literally everything is at the tip of your fingers. There's books and audiobooks and videos and animated films and animated tiny little clips and YouTube and Twitter. And fuck, there's so many resources to get educated that it's offensive that we aren't incredibly bright <laughs> and genius mm. as a species of humans it is ridiculous and it's it's mind-boggling to me that 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 we aren't all of us like fucking with the highest iq ever with the amount of information that we have um that seriously i know this things and they might be wrong or incomplete but i never went to school like i <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> dropped out of college three times and none of them were for any social justice related things. I started cartoons and animation and film, right? And still there's books that I can read. There's, there's things that I can listen to. There's things that I can, there's conversations. And this, was, this is my next point. There are conversations that need to happen and that can happen because nowadays, like, look, you're in India, right? I'm in Mexico. We can just like hop on the fucking phone and talk to people. Not even talk to them who didn't know them. But my God, if in the 60s there were like pen pals, why can't we have to like fucking Zoom pals nowadays, <laughs> right? Um, there, there's one thing, there, that's one thing, just like having the conversations. And then the other one is just ask yourself questions, right? Like philosophers have been doing this for ages and this is basically how we got to things. Like freaking Da Vinci discovered how to do all the things that we do nowadays because of asking questions like, what if we could fly, right? What if? TV could be in color. <laughs> what if I grinded this little freaking seed and I got my delicious coffee? So why don't you fucking start asking questions and 
and don't be dumb about it. I'm sorry, but I'm just annoyed when people just ask like, so um, um, um do, do you feel like racism is against? No, don't be smart about your questions. Like ask for real. And this happened to me in Canada a lot. It's just like, ask yourself, why is your country? And this is again, quote unquote, filled, uh, like filled with immigrants, right? Why are there so many immigrants there? Like, I'm going to go back to, to when I was in Vancouver for a bit. It was like so many of us, and not us as in Mexicans. It was so many of us immigrants working there for the film industry. So many of us. And the few Canadians that I actually had um, uh, interactions with, because those are really limited, <laughs> and we could unpack that whole thing. Um, uh, a lot of the time would be like, I don't understand why Vancouver is just like so full of immigrants. And I'm like, well... Ask yourself the question, how would this city be the city that it is without immigrants? You guys bring them in here, right? Because it's not sufficient for what you have to actually make this North Hollywood, right? You need external forces and you bring us here. Like you're actually all the time, if you go online, you will get this, this ads being like, hey, come and leave to Canada, blah, 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 immigrate to Canada. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's all over the place, at least here in, in Mexico. You go browse and you see how Google spies on you. And, and there's always ads everywhere, like come and leave to Canada and immigration made, made easy, blah, blah. It's because actively they're looking for immigrants to go there and fill the giant stolen lands with people who work the lands for them while in exchange offering this incredible life in the first world, right? But once you fucking get there, it is not the same. Yes, it is cool, and you have mountains, it's glorious, but it's just not the same. We never have the same rights. You're not treated the same. And although it's not, it's not as bad racism as it could be in other countries, say the USA, um, you still get noticed as an external, and you will still get harassed in the streets, and you will still get underpaid and overworked. While being there like, hey, but they offered this like, better life, and at least I'm away from crime. Fuck that. Yes, they're not raping in the streets. Yes, there's no narcos, which, by the way, are, are just here because freaking North, Northern America are just consuming all the drugs, right? Um, no, but now you're being harassed, and now you're being so so uh, self-conscious about what you look like and what you're speaking, right? And in which language you you have to think on, and how if you don't pronounce something correctly, they will just like stare back and be like, "I'm sorry, ma'am, I can't understand you." Right. So ask the question, ask the fucking question. Why is this place full of people from other places? <laughs> it's really simple and really try and get to a fucking answer. Like, wait, what would happen actually if this place were not filled with these people? Like, what, if, what would it look like? Right. What would this industry be like? Like, would I still have the same services? Would I still have the same um, privileges? Would I still have the same access to things? Yeah. And why are they here? Yes, we brought them, but also like the people who are here illegally, why are they here? Why do they have to flee their countries? Ask the fucking question. And my God, you will go there to, to just really terrifying answers, which will open up your eyes and potentially re-empathize with, because at some point we were, when we were kids, we were all just empathetic with everyone else because we were just about the feelings. But then eventually we just intellectualized all this shit and just, detached and dissociated from other humans so if you go back and ask the questions and be like hey people are actually um, dying on boats trying to flee countries and they're closing the borders because they don't want to be invaded right and they don't want to share their resources because there are so few of them 
oh, but it is okay when we are fucking mining the shit out of, I don't know, Peru. Ask the question and you will find some answers. Believe me, you will find some answers. And nowadays, one word that you type in Google, it will just like open up this vortex of information. So you better have some water and just like save your fucking tears for yourself and your and your family and do not go just like projecting crap on, on the oppressed and get educated. That's that. And then stand up for things. So I think that's one first step. I think that's a very, I, although there was a lot that you just said there, a very succinct way to, to sum it up is get educated and stop making excuses. Now is the time to actually do the work because if you don't, there, we can't move forward. We need everybody to do, to start their journey in being more conscious and intentional about the way that they interact with humanity, the way that they give back to humanity, and the way that they nurture humanity moving forward. And something that, you know, I know this is going to, I don't want us to take us off on another tangent because I've, I've definitely taken up a lot of your time and I, I want to respect your time. Um, but, you know, something that we don't always talk about so much is like this idea that, yeah, one of the stereotypes with, you know, a country like Mexico is, is you know, the narcos community, the mafia, the, the, the cartel, like dr drug trafficking. Yet, you know, if the demand wasn't so high in North America, then the crime wouldn't be so high. So we have to also stop and think about how our buying decisions and, and the way, what we invest in, how that continues to um, foster, you know, unsafe communities for people and the fact that people have to flee their homes due to safety because of, cons you know, consumer decisions. Um, so that's, that's a really, really big one. Maybe I might bring you back to chat more about that, but I know that's also a pretty heavy topic. But um, Yvonne, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, it's, I'm, it's so funny how even at six in the morning, you can still get up and just give me all of your passion and everything you've got <laughs> to share with our community so that they can start to do the work. So thank you for that. No, thank you. And hopefully this, this just like help start asking questions. So honestly, I think it's all right there. Just ask the right questions. Where, where does this come from, right? Where does this burger come from? Like start with the basics, but ask the freaking questions. Inhale the goodness, exhale the bullshit. Thank you for listening. And thank you for doing the work. Be sure to jump over to curatedconsciously.co for more stories, tips, and inspiration for nurturing your conscious living journey. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at curatedconsciously. Huge shout out to my incredible husband, Profound Sound, for the original dope tracks. Hope you all enjoyed, are feeling a little lighter, and are going into a beautiful and blessed day. <laughs>